Good evening. Mark chapter 15. So if you recall um, where we're at, um, last week we looked at the two sides, uh, Jesus before the council, Peter before the servant. Um, We prize ourselves on being a people who want to or like to say the right thing at the right time, and usually... It's some sort of zinger. We get one up on somebody. Um, we nail them. Something like that. Um, but last week, Jesus said exactly the right thing at the right time. Uh, you remember throughout his ministry when the demons would shout, You're the Son of God. He'd silence them. Command them to be silent. Or he'd heal someone in private and uh, command them, don't tell anyone about what what you've had happen to you. And he could hardly contain them. Well, in all those instances, the temptation was to elevate himself, um, to be some sort of earthly ruler, to get the accolades of mankind. Um, When it most counted, when he's before the Sanhedrin, He says exactly who he is. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And his answer is, I am. And in that moment, I am the Blessed One, and you will see the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. In that moment, that had the worst effect on him, and that it gave his opponents the ammunition they needed to put him to death. And yet, it was the means by which we were saved. So, contrasted to Peter, who, trying to save himself, trying to distance himself from Jesus, to not be caught up in getting this, denies him three times, and so loses all respectability for himself. And thanks to Jesus, of course, is saved, uh, forgiven. But... That, that contrast happens again. We, we pick up the narrative in 15, and it is uh, Jesus before Pilate. So we have Jesus before the Sanhedrin, Peter, Jesus before Pilate, and then kind of a, um, a look at Pilate himself. Um, so that's where we're going. Um, Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through 15. Um, Let's read it here. As soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? 
See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he that is Pilate used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Let's pray. Our Father, your word is before us. Please open it up. We may understand what you have said, believe it, take it to heart, and live according to it. Thank you for giving it to us. Please be with us now by your Spirit to enable us to know you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So the narrative picks up again, verse 15. In fact, you could have skipped Peter altogether, and we get Jesus. So, as we read that section, um, Pilate um, obviously has before him the charge. And what's the charge uh, that Pilate has? Like if you had to guess. That he's the king of the Jews, which... Right. King's a big deal to Pilate. Why would that be a big deal to Pilate? Kids? Abram? Exactly. So who's in charge? Is it Rome or is it the king of the Jews? This, This new guy, right? So Jesus by his confession, had admitted that he was the Christ of God, which Christ, when translated, is Messiah or King. So the Pharisee or the, the, the chief priests, the, the council, they got what they wanted. They're like, aha, we got him now. We have the charge we've been wanting. We can give him over to Rome and... Uh, He's, a, he's claiming to be king, and we'll get rid of this burr on our side. We'll get rid of him. Okay? So, that's the charge. Are you the king of the Jews? And what does Jesus answer? Abram? What's that? He said that to the chief priests. But does he say that to Pilate? Christian? He 
says, you have said so. Is that classic Jesus or what? Um, How many times has Jesus puzzled us by his answers? So, did he say yes or no? What, What did he say here? What do you think? Kind of avoiding the question, it seems like, right? Or not. What if he said yes? Wouldn't that... Get in big trouble, right? He would, in a sense, be validating the charge being brought against him that he is a threat to Rome and he'll be dispatched. If he says no, what's the problem with that? Lulu? Yeah, he would be lying because he is the king of the Jews, right? But not a threat to Rome, which is what the chief priests brought to Jesus. Okay? So Jesus, the master of the situation and complete control, basically says to Pilate, you would do well to consider that charge. Um, It's like putting it back on Pilate. You have said so. You discern what's true here, in other words. Okay? He's leaving it in Pilate's court. Yeah, Dad. It's, it's more ambiguous. It's you have said so. It's, um, yeah, it, the one commentary uh, that was seemed helpful is just what I said. Um, you would do well to consider what the truth is of that statement that you heard. Is kind of what he's saying. He's throwing it back on Pilate. It's your job to ferret this out. You you discern what's true here, um, if you will. Okay. Um, meanwhile, the chief priests are still throwing all these accusations at him. So it's this, this group of religious leaders um, throwing all these accusations. And Pilate then asks again, what, is, what are all these charges? Have you no answer to make? And what's Jesus' response? He doesn't say anything again. Again, he doesn't say anything. And what is Pilate's response? What is that word that we end with? He is amazed. Does that ring any bells for anyone? Does anyone remember that being anywhere else in the Gospel of Mark? Amazed? That's not in Mark, yeah. But good, good. It is in other Gospels as well, but yes. Okay. Um, Yes, yes, yes. 
That is yes. That is, that is one yes. No. John. Nope, that's not in Mark's gospel. Yep. Um, so the answer is that there is actually six other instances, or five other instances, and possibly a sixth, and this would be the seventh, um, of people being amazed at Jesus. The very first one, Mark 1, 27, he heals a man with an unclean spirit, and they are amazed at his teaching and authority over the demons. The second one, 2.12, um, remember the, the paralytic has been brought in, and uh, Jesus says, you know, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And they start grumbling about it. And Jesus says that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Rise up and walk. And he walks, and they're amazed. Okay? 9.15, Jesus has just been revealed to the disciples as the Son of God. His, his humanity has been stripped away in a sense, and his glory has been revealed on the Mount Transfiguration. And he comes down from the mountain. We get that word again. The crowd is amazed. So Jesus is the Son of God. Um, and then 1024, um, Jesus talking about the kingdom and who can enter the kingdom. And he talks about how difficult it is for the rich man to enter the kingdom. And they are amazed again. Jesus doesn't stop there. He doubles down. I tell you again, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. And they are greatly astonished. I would probably say that's like amazement times two or something like that, okay? Uh, greatly astonished. And so what is it? What does he say? With man, it is impossible to be saved. But with God... It's possible. Okay. And then the last one before this instance is 1032. Um, Jesus begins to tell them plainly exactly what's going to happen to him. He's going to be delivered to the chief priests. He's going to be handed over to the Gentiles. He's going to be flogged, mocked, scourged, and killed. And on the third day, he's going to rise again. That's the last instance before this one, which would make this the seventh if you allow the uh, greatly astonished to be unamazed. Okay? Seven's an important number, right? Completeness. I think what we have here is our being drawn back to all those things of who Jesus is. He is the authority over the devil over the evil one, over the powers of this world. He can forgive sins. He is the Son of God as revealed. He is the one who can do the impossible, saving people who it's not possible for them to save themselves. He's the one who knows exactly and controls the future perfectly, knowing his, when he's uh, being handed over, delivered to the chief priest, Pilate, scourged, flogged, mocked, 
killed, and on the third day, rise again. And here is that last instance that pulls them all together. Pilate is amazed. It's, it's bringing before us again, who is Jesus? He's completely in control of this situation. Comments or thoughts on that? Yeah. 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 And false accusations. And and it as we'll see, it proves effective and that Pilate knows he's innocent. Um, um his silence um did not accuse him. It solidified in Pilate's mind that this man is not a threat to Rome in any sense. So that is Jesus. That is, yes, Hosanna. Yes. Yeah. But Jesus is is steadfastly holding the line of what he knows he has to do and uh, is carrying it out to completion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next we have the contrast of that is Jesus. He is uh, the Son of God doing exactly what he came to do uh, for his Father. And for us, um, being exactly obedient, being in control of the situation. Um, But now we have the the other side of the coin, back to Pilate. Um, So let me read it again. Uh, Now at the feast he used, as Pilate, used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder at the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? They shouted all the more, Crucify him! So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. It's all about Pilate. Jesus is almost a secondary character in this. And what do we see of Pilate? Who is supposedly in charge here? Pilate. He's, he's the one with authority. He is uh, the, the great uh, judge, peacekeeper. He's the one who's supposed to keep order. He's the one in charge. And yet, is he? Who's calling the shots? The chief priest. He's being worked, isn't he? 
if we look through, what, does, what seems to be Pilate's intention here? What does he know? What does he know about Jesus? Innocent or guilty? He's innocent. And why is he here? What does he perceive? It's envy that put Jesus here. So it's Jesus is innocent. He's here for envy. So I'll try and neutralize the situation. I know. I'll come up with a plan. We've got this custom. We've got releasing one prisoner. So let's pit Jesus, the innocent one, against someone who's notorious, a murderer, someone who actually is in prison for insurrection and rebellion. Okay, It seems like a good plan. Who would be better to have out, if you will? Jesus, right? Jesus, the miracle worker, the one who... Um, lays down his life for others. And yet, what happens? His plan, and if, if this plan succeeded, Pilate would say, well, you know, the crowd chose him. I mean, what can I do, chief priest? I'm sorry, you know, it's not, not my deal. If he just released Jesus, then he'd have these angry priests to deal with who brought him there, and he's supposed to keep the peace. So, Here he is, a classic politician, trying to satisfy and save face all at the same time. What happens? The chief priests stir up the crowd to shout for Barabbas instead of Jesus. And Pilate, wishing to satisfy them, releases Barabbas. Christian? Pilate? Yeah, he, he wants to save his own skin, doesn't he? What do you think of Pilate? How is he at handling authority? Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible. When contrasted with Jesus, with any of us, horrible. That's not all that's here, though. What We saw two pictures this morning uh, representing eternal truths. Did we not? We saw baptism. What is baptism? It's a little water symbolizing washing. And washing of what? What's, what's coming off of our bodies that washing, what's being washed away? Our sin, right. Can you see your sin being taken away? No, but it's a picture, isn't it? It's a picture of something bigger. And we're getting a little bread and a little wine, symbolizing the feast that is to come, this grand feast when Jesus comes with all his glory and his broken body and his blood that accomplished that for us. We have one of those pictures here in this text, one of those grand pictures. 
symbolize, to, to let us look in, part the curtains, if you will, to see what's actually happening in heaven. And what is that picture? What is the, the pronouncement of Jesus? Guilty or innocent? Innocent. And Barabbas? Guilty or innocent? Guilty. He had done these things. He'd committed murder in the insurrection. And you know, what happens? What happens? Who gets released? The guilty. And who goes on to be crucified? The innocent. A miscarriage of justice. Is it not? Is it not bother you that Barabbas, the murderer, insurrectionist, is let go? Jesus, the innocent one, is killed in his place? Yeah. It bothers us, does it not? And yet, that is the glory. Yeah, Dad. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly, exactly. We have a picture here of what is true of every Christian. You and I deserve death because we are guilty. Are we not? We are. Our, sin, our own sins, our own consciences accuse us so often. And yet, What do we have in the place of our own wretched record? We have the sinless Son of God, Jesus Christ, His perfect life and death and resurrection in our place. Injustice? Yeah, we didn't get it. But justice is carried out because Jesus stepped into our place. We have that perfect picture before us in this text. Pilate was not intending this. The chief priests weren't intending all of this. And yet Jesus, walking according to God's plan, fulfills the great substitution that is all of our hope, that the guilty go free and the innocent is punished in our place. And so we get to be free. We don't see what's happened in heaven. We don't see God angry at our sins. And yet, we have a little picture before us of what is done for us. Sinless Son of God taking our place for that punishment. Dan.
Yeah, the the commentaries did talk about that there is possibly Pilate was bar um, Abba. It's like son of the father. Um, that that maybe there's kind of some ambiguity. Is do you want this son of the father or this son of the father to re- be released to you? I didn't quite know the Greek or understand it, but yeah, there is a, a word play there almost certainly um, in Barabbas's name. Yeah. Austin. Yeah, you know, it is a picture. It's like, what was Joseph's brother's intent? To get rid of their brother. What does Joseph at the end of it say? Don't persecute yourselves. It was God's plan to save many lives that you sent me on ahead. Okay, So, God's ultimate scheme, Jesus' scheme, is to do exactly the Father's will and to lay down his life. Why does Jesus end up here? Because he clearly claimed he is the Son of God. He, he knew what that would mean. Jesus is orchestrating all of this. Pilate, his, his motives are selfish at, at worst. But the picture, the substitution, is a perfect picture of what salvation itself is. So don't, don't take it too far in that Pilate is God doing a miscarriage of justice, um, God himself put himself in the place to bear the justice um, that the guilty us might go free and bear the righteousness. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Everyone is guilty in this. Yeah. There there's no there's no innocent party in this but Jesus. Yeah. And our children. What is God accomplishing in this? He's saving the world. Um, everything that Pilate was amazed at. Um, what is Pilate doing? He's saving his own skin. What is Peter doing? He's saving his own skin. He's, what is the crowd doing? They're being swayed by envious chief priests. What are the chief priests doing? They're acting out of hatred and, and envy of Jesus. I mean, there's no one who's, 
innocent here except for Jesus. But it puts a spotlight on all the evil being done, but it only serves to highlight the greatness and the glory of our Savior. Yeah. But on the other hand, you could say Pilate knew exactly that Jesus was, he has no doubt in his mind. This, is not, this man is not a threat to Rome. He is not an insurrectionist. He's not someone who's going to try and take over and lead an earthly rebellion. Um, he, he knows there's zero threat, which is why he, why? What has he done? He's innocent. Um, and in and, and that um, I think that's instructive for God's people. Um, we're always, always trying to garner some earthly kingdom and do it the world's way, um, if you will. But Jesus has none of that in mind, and, and Pilate is kind of the, the one that proves that. Um, Jesus is not setting up an earthly kingdom. You want to know what Jesus is doing. It's a heavenly kingdom, and it's one not of this world. Um, yeah. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, for us, we who are troubled by our sins, where do we turn when we're troubled? What, what sort of things do we turn to? We lie. It wasn't as bad as all that. It was somebody else's fault. Give me a break. All those weak and useless things, where should we turn? Where should we turn? Listen to Pilate declaring Jesus innocent. The judge of the land declared Jesus is innocent. If you want a verdict, something to do with your sin, you need to turn to Jesus. He's the only one. And as the events unfold, his crucifixion and his resurrection proves 
that everything he said that the crowds were amazed at is true. And this, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Rise up and walk. And Jesus rose up and is alive today. Let's pray. Oh, yeah, Sarah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Sure, please do. That is the cosmic thing that's happening, right? Our sins being laid upon Jesus and him punished for them in our place. Yeah, yeah. and Jesus perfectly obeys that and carries that out um, according to his plan. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's pray. Thank you, Sarah. Father, we can... read these things and be unmoved by them. And yet, Lord, what better thing can we reflect upon than your life, your being silent, your saying exactly the right thing, what you have said was being accomplished. Lord, may we believe it and take to heart And uh, by your Spirit, fill us with that same desire to do our Father's will, to live according to your design and your plan, laying down our lives for others, not uh, counting the things of this world something to be grasped, making ourselves nothing and taking the very nature of a servant. Lord, uh, do this work in us. We need it so desperately. And uh, when those terrors come, Lord, of our sins and the consequences, may we look to Jesus. May we look at your perfect spotless life and renew again our uh, trust and our hope in you. For only in you can anybody be saved. We thank you for being our wonderful, our amazing, wonderful Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.